Welcome to Haunted Horizons Ghostcast, where your hosts, Alison Oborn and Kay Goldwood, will share their experiences in some of the most terrifying and haunted locations in Australia and overseas. So turn the lights off, relax, and enjoy. Hello, Keg. Well, hello. How are you? I'm good. Now I've got a coffee. I'm fine. A coffee? You've just had one. I know. I know. And another. Yeah. We are on a four coffee drive this morning, aren't we? We are. (laughs) Boy, do we need it. We do. Now, we're just going to get straight into it. And this is going to be part two, I guess. Is it a part two? It is in a way. Well, it is a bit of a continuation. It is linked to the last episode we did, in a way. Which was, I'm going to say Hungry Jacks again. Hungry Jacks. Like I was wanting to say in the last episode. Do you know what? (laughs) And it's coming coming up to lunchtime and I'm getting a little bit peckish. So Hungry Jacks it is. Uh, no, so Cousin Jacks Co- in the Moonta. Cousin, cousin, cousin. I to say Cousin Jacks, and that's because we've been in England and picked the lingo back up again. Yeah. So we're talking in Yorkshire, lass. Ah, we are. <laughs> it keeps creeping in. And just as a recap of Cousin Jacks, for those who haven't listened to the last episode, and please go and listen to it for the internet. It's very interesting. But in a nutshell, we went to investigate this little cottage and it's in Munta, and there is another cottage in Munta that I have been wanting to see for the whole time that I have been doing the Adelaide Jail and the history there. And it's the cottage that is supposed to have belonged to Elizabeth Walcock. Our wonderful Patreon and friend, Sandy, had organised us to see the cottage that a lot of people think is the cottage where she lived, and it was like a holy grail for for me. I don't know about you, Keg, but it was for me to finally see this cottage. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I haven't been talking about the um, the lady involved for as long as you, but hearing about her story, it was it is it is it's like a holy grail, isn't mm. it? We quickly called in to have a look at the place, and this was prior to the investigation at Cousin Jack's. And then when we did Cousin Jack's, it leached in, didn't it? It was It leached across. It was like whoever was at that cottage followed us across. Now, we did a follow-up investigation at the cottage itself, and this is this episode. Yes. So go and have a listen to Cousin Jack's episode before you listen to this one. It'll give you the whole story. But before we go into our actual investigation, I'm going to cover a little bit of history. We did in the last one, but for those who've just jumped on in to this episode, wondering what it's about and who on earth is Elizabeth Woolcock, I'm just going to cover a little bit of history. Now, Elizabeth Woolcock was the only female that we ever executed here in South Australia. And if you can get the book, Dead Woman Walking, which is this one here by Alan Peters, for those who can see the video, our lovely subscribers who can see the video, then definitely get it. 
by Alan Peters. It's an amazing in-depth story on Elizabeth Woolcock and her life. It was a very tragic story. And he's even changed the title. It used to be Monuments of Stone. He's now changed the title because it's a whole, it's not a whole new book, but there's a lot more evidence in this book now to do with her court case. Elizabeth Woolcock was born in a place called Borough. Now, Borough is a copper mining town, about 90 minutes, I reckon, north of Adelaide. Now, when the miners first arrived, there wasn't enough housing for them, and miners are brilliant at digging. So what better place to dig than along this little small cliff edge of a dry creek bed? And it became known as Creek Street. And, of course, the problem with building homes in a dry creek bed that doesn't have any water in it, but obviously does sometimes. When it rains upstream, uh-huh. what happens? It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. And you usually get that torrential body of water coming down. And, of course, that's what happened in the 1850s, and it completely destroyed those homes. Now, that included Elizabeth Woolcock's home. Her father decided that, Rather than start again from scratch, he would try his luck on the gold fields and took his wife and his family, Elizabeth and her younger sister, off to Victoria, to Ballarat. Unfortunately, her sister did die of a disease and the mother, I don't think, ever really forgave him for that. She eventually left the family when Elizabeth was four years old and came back to South Australia. Now, that left Elizabeth abandoned by her mother. So already that would be traumatic for a young Mm. child. A a young child depends on their mother, loves their mother. So now Elizabeth has lost her young sister. She's lost her mother all at the age of four. She remained up on the goldfields with her father and grew up there to about the age of six or seven when she got a knock on the door from another miner. Now, this other miner wanted to know if she had any tobacco. Now, this innocent young child went, yes, of course, come on in. Unfortunately, he turned out to be not such a nice man and he did attack that little, that little child and he left her for dead. Now, in this day and age, CAG, if your child was attacked and left for dead, they would get all the help in the world, wouldn't they? Oh, they would. They would have all sorts of people to talk to and, yeah. Counselling. Exactly. But... Medication if needed to try and get over the the exactly. anxiety because you can only imagine the anxiety oh. and the PTSD. And she, as she got older, she had to deal with that trauma. Of what happened. And that wasn't the only trauma. She also witnessed the person she called her uncle. Now, he wasn't an uncle, but he was a very close friend of the family. After the Eureka stockade, she watched the troopers, for no reason at all, knock her uncle over and ride backwards and forwards over him with their horses. To the point where, sorry about the details, one of his eyeballs was out. Mm. And he had broken ribs and, yeah. Now, this poor child had to look after him. He was alive for a few hours after that. This poor child saw this. She witnessed this. 
and then also helped tend to him as well until he passed away. Traumatic again, very traumatic again for this child. Finally, her father passed away. Elizabeth had gone on to opiates. Now, this was to get over the trauma and the pain because she was also in pain physically, not just mentally, after the attack. And at the age of 18, she realised her mother was still alive down in Munter. Her mother had remarried, so Elizabeth decided to return to South Australia and decided that she would live with her mother and her stepfather. Now, she got on with her stepfather really well. There was no animosity. But then she started to see Thomas Woolcock, a gentleman who had just lost his own wife to a disease and one of his sons, which had left him a widow with another young son. And Elizabeth had taken up the responsibility of kind of being a housekeeper and a nanny to the young child. But unfortunately, a younger lady, she was only 18, under the roof of a much older man, CAG. Back in those days. Back in in the 1800s. Very, very much frowned upon. Oh, yes. Rumours were abound, as you can imagine. People were whispering and talking about how loose Elizabeth must be and what must be going on under that roof, despite it wasn't. So Thomas Woolcock did the right thing and he offered to marry Elizabeth. And marry they did, CAG. Sadly, once they were married, Elizabeth realised just how bad Thomas was as well. Thomas was a drunk and he was very abusive to Elizabeth In fact, Elizabeth had to leave him a couple of times, but like the victim, always returned with promises that he would change. And also back in those days, women had no rights. So she wouldn't have anything. She'd have nowhere to go. No property. Because she was the property of her husband. Yeah, yeah. So she returned and eventually got so despondent with the relationship, she actually tried to take her own life by hanging herself. Unfortunately, it was a failed attempt. The beam broke. So just after that, Thomas Woolcock got sicker and sicker and sicker until finally he passed away. And they did an autopsy on him, mainly because it was a lot of rumours that maybe Elizabeth had been involved in it. And what they found, unfortunately for Elizabeth, is he died of mercury poisoning. Now, Elizabeth was arrested, accused of having murdered her husband, brought down here to Adelaide, was not allowed to speak in her own defence and had a really inexperienced lawyer, didn't she? She did. Yeah, he wasn't a lot of good, was he? Not a lot of help because they found her guilty of murdering her husband and sentenced her to hang by the neck until dead. It's very unusual because the jury had asked for mercy and usually a judge will take that into consideration but this time completely ignored it because they said, well, she's young and she's female and they'd like that taken into consideration on the sentencing. But the judge completely ignored that and sentenced her to hang by the neck until dead anyway. And two weeks later, she was taken to the gallows, allowed to wear her favourite white dress. She went up the 13 steps with a bunch of white flowers and her last words were, it's God's will. Boom. Down she went. 
Now, it's interesting, Kate, because half of the population thinks she's innocent mm-hmm. and the other half thinks she's guilty. And yeah. the innocent say, well, at the end of the day, Thomas Woolcock had three doctors. He, he did have stomach problems and he had gone to three doctors who were all not speaking to each other, but all of them were medicating him. And what medicine, Keg, you did the former Royal Adelaide Hospital for a year and you were talking about the history of medicines and people wouldn't believe what was in some of these medications. Oh, it was was quite an eye-opener for a lot of people, including us. Uh, But the main one that we, we talked about was the fact that mercury in those days was an absolute cure for all. Mm. So that cured everything from a grazed knee to syphilis. Hat makers used to use mercury in the making of their hats and it used to give them tremors. Mm. But it also used to affect their minds to the point, that's where you get the, the phrase mad hatters are from because mm. it did used to send them and the word they used to use back in the day was insane, yeah. which is which it did. But they didn't realise it was killing them. So if he'd been seeing all these doctors and all these doctors had been giving him these medications, all possibly containing mm. mercury then that could have helped towards his death. Actually, it's interesting, Keg, you said about the doctors because here's a little fact. One of the doctors was said to have been an alcoholic as well and he took his own life, Keg, a few weeks after Elizabeth Wilcock was executed. Oh. Mm. And here's another little bit of trivia for you, Keg, Mm. while we're on about it. Okay. The judge that sentenced her to hang by the neck until dead. He died in a shipwreck not long afterwards. Oh, really? Mm, There you go. Mm. Nothing in it, of course, but there you go. It's interesting fact. Why do they think she was guilty? Well, there's lots of reasons. The fact that he was very abusive, Mm. maybe she was getting her own back. She had a motive. She'd bought poison. Mm-hmm. To get rid of lice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was another thing as well. What's the other reasons? The big one, Keg. The big reason. What did she do the night before her execution? <laughs> what did she do the night before the execution? She wrote confession. Oh, she did. It's not a, it's not a confession. <laughs> it is. It's not a confession. It just tells you how crap her life was. That's not a confession. I have to say it's called Elizabeth Walcott's confession but she doesn't confess to anything. She alludes to the fact that she may have done it. No. See, this is like Adelaide. Half believe, half don't. Mm. I like to play devil's advocate. Moving on, there's a lot more to the story, guys. The, The book, as I said, is quite a big book and it really does encompass her whole life which was unfortunately quite short in reality. You know what? They should make a movie on it. They really should. It's a really interesting, tragic, spoiler alert, of what happens at the end of the story, but it should be made into a movie. I think it'd be fascinating. I think it should do. It'd be a fascinating story. It would. I think it'd be absolutely fascinating, but I think as well the problem with it, she had so many horrible things happen, it would be be verging on the unbelievable i think yeah we we need to get this made into no we're not us personally because we've got no we've got no clout but (laughs) we need we go knock on the sa film corporation's door yeah maybe we should do okay Okay. guys what about doing this this book do the book turn this into a film because it does it needs a story any any directors and 
people out there, I don't know anything about filmmaking, whoever it is who makes those decisions. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if it was a Hollywood one? Can we get the Hollywood people? Anybody know any Hollywood people? That'd be great. (laughs) Let's get this into a film because her story needs to be told. It does. Whether innocent or guilty, her story needs to be told. At the end of the day, even if she was guilty... You know, she would have been suffering from major, major PTSD and trauma that goes right back to when she was four years old and her mother abandoned her. Yeah. She would have had huge mental health issues. And then to finally be abused by a man you've just married, and that's your life for the rest of your life, you just can't imagine it. But there you go. Does that mean that you should murder somebody if she was guilty, Cag, or not. Maybe he was just sick. He had been overheard saying, I think the doctor's medications are killing me. So it goes back to that medication, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. All right. So that's a little bit of a history of Elizabeth Wilcock. So Thomas Wilcox, because it was Thomas Wilcox's house. It wasn't actually Elizabeth. She moved in after they got married. But his cottage is still said to be there and this cottage was pointed out to us and it is a cottage that Alan Peters also believes is the same cottage. A few locals say nah nah Elizabeth Wilcox's house was knocked down a long time ago it was somewhere else but there's a lot of other people who believe that this is actually the cottage and it does tend to point to being in the right spot as well. So we went we finally got invited to investigate as I say, we'd given a short visit, got to know Nat, who owns it. Nat didn't know when she bought it, the history behind this house. She came from Queensland, didn't she? Yeah. I believe she was just looking for a house to buy down here so she could move down and bought this nice little miner's cottage that was up for sale. And it is a pretty little cottage on a nice big block of land. So she bought it. And then the locals started saying, hey, do you realise what cottage it is that you've bought? It's kind of this fascinating history. And we were so honoured to be allowed to go in and investigate. And that was so funny. Oh, she was funny as. She was a lovely lady. So this particular night, there was you and me, Cag. Damo joined us. How could Damo not? He would have been gutted if he hadn't have done this one. Oh, yes. Sandy, who got us in, our wonderful Sandy. This cottage, just to describe it, it's your... Typical miner's cottage, just like Cousin Jack's. It's not the most even of cottages. <laughs> no, nope, it's slightly more even than Cousin Jack's. The miners who built this one seem to have a better sense of evenness. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't have the, quite the character as Cousin Jack's. Very pretty. I'm not going to give too much from the outside because we want to give that privacy. Yes. We don't want people pestering. But inside we can talk about because it's a very interesting internal section of this house. So as you enter through the side door, not the front one, you can see something very interesting straight away. As you enter the hallway and you look to your left, you'll see the internal wall there is actually an external wall once. So you can still see the stonework. It's been painted white and whitewashed. But you can also see the window with the stone lintel. You can see the door that goes into that section of the house is the original back door to that section of the house. 
it's got its step still that you step up. That's what you do, That's I, what you I, do with steps. I, you know, so. I knew as soon as I said that, as I said it, it's going to be one of those duh comments. Yeah. I don't know what else you're supposed to do with steps, but I found if you step up then, <laughs> although knowing that when you talk about other places like Hellfire Cup, you just don't bother with steps, I do you? don't bother with steps. I just barrel on straight through them. That's right. On the right-hand side is another section, which is actually the kitchen now. And was the kitchen back then as well, Cag? Yes. But at the time back then, this kitchen was separate from the house. And you can see the external wall to your right. You would have had to have stepped out the proper house, walked across a path in the garden and gone into the section that was the washroom what was the washroom in the kitchen so you can still see the external wall and you can see where the extension that joins the two together is very different in fact that external wall to the kitchen still has its guttering and it has a damp pipe as well it does which it i does. think just makes it all the more charming <laughs> you go through into the old section of the house and you've got two living areas. You've got the, what would have been the parlour and you've got the sitting room at the front and you've got two bedrooms as well. Yeah. One at the back, opposite the parlour, and then one opposite the living room, which would have been the main bedroom at the front, which would have been Thomas Walcock's and Elizabeth Walcock's bedroom. Yes. So it was said the front parlour was where Thomas Walcock's body was laid out and where the original or initial inquest would have taken place where people would have viewed the body and kind of try to work out what had happened. And you still get a sense, Cag, of that original part of the house. She has kept it very much as it would have been back then with the original fireplaces. Yes. The original darker kind of look, original wood. She's kept it really well. It's beautiful Beautiful, inside. but it's, you still get a sense of time. A little yeah. bit like Cousin Jack's, I guess. Nat says she feels a male presence in that house. And she's seen him as well, hasn't she? She, she has, but only one time before our visit. Mm -hmm. And then after our visit, she saw him several times after yeah, that. Yeah, this is once we, once we made that initial visit to call in, then she started to get more things happening. It's almost like we woke something up there. But not bad, not a nasty thing. No, she wasn't scared by it. She didn't say it was a bad thing. No. But she started to have things happen. Yeah. It's almost like by going and having that little play with Vox and having that connection whereby possibly he followed us, Thomas followed us to Cousin Jack's, It was she was starting to see more and have more happen in this house. So we actually did a live stream. The live stream is still up on our Facebook page. Oh, no, we only did it for the Patreon page, didn't we? We did. Ah, this one was a private live stream. So if you're a Patreon, if you're not, this is the type of thing that you get if you become a Patreon. $5 a month, Keg, US, cheaper than one coffee a month, just about. But you get extra investigations and live streams. And these guys had the treat of seeing the Elizabeth Woolcock investigation live. I think the reason we did that as well was to help with the privacy of 
um, the building. Yes. Although our highlights is up on YouTube, so we will put a link up here as well. We went in, we were showing the people on the live stream around. We're doing a little walkthrough and we got into the parlor area, that little dining room, what it is now. And we started talking about the fact that Thomas Walcock had been said to have been laid out in that room. Now, we had a REM pod on the table, didn't we? Yeah, the proximity device. Yes. And it actually triggered at that point as well, whilst we're talking about Thomas. It was good timing, wasn't it? Was it was very good timing. But that wasn't the only thing that went off, was it, Keg? No, because then we also the music box mm-hmm. went off mm-hmm. and, and the cat ball. So we had three different triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about the fact this is where his body would have been laid out for the yeah. initial assessment. So that for us was really cool. Yeah. And I always love it when we have more than one piece of equipment going yes. off because one piece of equipment could be glitch, could be an external source. But when you get three different triggers, so one's motion activated, one is proximity and high EMF, which is the REM pod. And the music box is temperature change and movement. So you've got three different triggers there. And that's what makes it more interesting. Mm. It's not just three things of the same type. It's no. three different things. Mm. So it's cool. You know, everybody thinks that it's, this house is going to be haunted by Elizabeth Walcock. But I don't know about you. Why would she? She wasn't happy there. No. No. What, would you go back to a place that you weren't happy in? No, I wouldn't. I no. would go back to somewhere, attracted back to somewhere, which would be my happy spot. Or move on. And at the end of the day, she was only there for a short time of her life. It was an abusive relationship. It wasn't her home and house, really. It was Thomas. She did when she was married. And remember that Nat said she'd never felt a female presence there. Mm. Yep. She'd only felt a male presence. And, of course, that is where Thomas Walcock died. He died in his bed, in the bedroom. I wouldn't be there. No, I just wonder, though, with her life, where would she go? Would she have a happy place? Well, people still experience her at the Adelaide Jail. That wouldn't have been a happy place either. No, it wouldn't. But it is where she passed away, and I guess it would have been a tragic end. And I sometimes wonder whether these people who remain at the jail because they've done something bad, whether they're too scared to move on. They feel safe in these places because if you're religious, which Elizabeth would have been in those days, a lot of people were, where do you think you're going to go? Yeah. If you've murdered somebody, where are you heading? If you really believe in religion, heaven and hell, where do you think you're going to go? So maybe the Adelaide Jail and the asylums don't look so bad after all. That's true. I just wish you would get in contact with Major in my investigation. And let so, us know. Yeah. Mm. I'd love to hear from her. Oh, I had that experience once, Kay. You did, but that's for another story. Where I questioned, <laughs> I questioned whether she was guilty. Actually, I questioned her 
Her writing abilities, her writing that's abilities. what you actually questioned, poor woman. <laughs> and just in a nutshell, we had things flying off the um, hatch. That's on YouTube as well. I'll put a link for that one as well. Now, we decided that we would start, because it's not a big house, and we wanted to stay in the original part of the house. So we decided that we would start at the front lounge and Thomas Wilcox's bedroom. We put the equipment in his bedroom. We put a music box, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think we put a variety of stuff around this. Yeah, and some flowers and stuff on the bed for for Elizabeth, in case she was around. And we also put some of the equipment in the lounge. And we stood in the doorway connecting the two so we could see both rooms because, as I said, it's not a big house. As usual, we started with an EVP burst because I always like to do that first. Now, as I was playing the audio back and thinking we got nothing, you were reading the comments, weren't you? Yeah, because the people that are watching were picking up on heavy breathing. And now I know I'm a heavy breather. I have been blamed for breathing during our investigations. Yes. Which is something I can't help because I need to do that to survive. You've done well not to. Yeah, I have. You have been watching that. I have, um, unless I fall asleep. But the thing was, the recorder was in the bedroom. We were all in the dining room. So there was the door between us. Mm. So no, none of us was actually next to the voice recorder. Mm. So it wasn't any of us doing the heavy breathing, mm. which was interesting. And this is why we like to do the live streams and have people listening at the other end because they pick up on things that we don't sometimes. So then we moved to the good old ghost box session. Yes, love that, it or hate it. That broken radio sweeping through the bandwidth that we know – I'm not going to go in the ins and outs of it today. So I went down the track with the ghost box of Thomas because, again, I didn't feel like Elizabeth would be there. And I thought if anybody's going to be there, it would be the person who passed away and whose house it belonged to. And I went down with more of a sympathy You did, track. yeah. Because I did remember at Cousin Jack's, it came out with truth, um, forgotten. I know we all say he was abusive, because he was a drunk. He, a lot of people, if they go on the alcohol, they can become very different and very abusive. He'd lost his wife. He'd lost a child very close together. And now he had a very young girl that he'd married. Now, we're not excusing him, are we? Oh, there's no excuse for violence against other people, especially females. No excuse. No excuse for abuse whatsoever. I just thought, well, is he more likely to connect with us if we are showing some sort of empathy rather than be confrontational? Why were you abusive to your wife? Why, you know, this was your fault, this. So I thought we'd go down that other track to see if we got more of a connection. So I brought up, you know, we know you sadly lost your wife before and that must have been very hard for you. And it seemed to work, didn't it, Kag? Yeah, because you got the reply of yes, and then followed by wife, which was really interesting. It was a good response. Now, could it be Thomas? Could it be somebody else? Remembering, we're not claiming that this house was definitely Thomas Wilcox. And many miners would have lost wives and children as well. So at this point, there's no indication that this was Thomas Wilcox. 
So I followed up on, well, did you build this house after your first wife died? And it was a very stern. Mm. Who is it? It's like, oh, okay. okay. (laughs) At that point, though, it was funny, wasn't it? Oh, yes, because Nat has got several cats. Which I did know about. In fact, actually, I didn't first. I forgot, didn't I? You forgot that she's got cats. I'm highly allergic to cats. And I had to go back to... And you to, got really grumpy with Well, me. I did, because I was just like, oh, goodness sake. Yeah, I'm allowed to get grumpy. I could grumpy. have died. I know, never mind. <laughs> so I also had to go back to Cousin Jack's to go and get your meds so mm-hmm. you didn't die on this investigation, which, do you know what? I mean, it would have added to the, the, the ghosts in there. I just think it's very selfish of I you. I think Nat's got more than enough, doesn't he? Yeah, remember? probably. So the cat, one of the cats set the musical box off in the hallway and it jumped but then it jumped <laughs> ran into the hallway and set the second musical box off as well which was highly hilarious for us wasn't it not so much for the poor cat but oh, no. it did survive no cats were harmed in the making of this um, on this this YouTube. podcast or video that exactly we made. <laughs> it jumped a mile didn't oh it, it was it was funny i obviously weren't expecting for this thing to play music as it passed so. <laughs> yeah so I continued and said, well, can you give me the name of your first wife? It was wrong, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because it came out with Elizabeth. Yeah. Which was a bit weird. His first wife was Nancy. He married Nancy Moore. Elizabeth was his second wife. But Elizabeth was a very common name back in those days. It well, was. still is. Well, it was. And if we weren't talking to Thomas... Maybe whoever we're talking to. Again, we weren't sure. There was nothing really being given to us that would indicate it was Thomas Wilcock we were talking to. No. Now, we went on to the Estes because we love the Estes. We We do. plugged that little headphone set into the ghost box and we thought, you know what, let's give it to Sandy. Oh, Sandy is so good on it, isn't she? She is so much fun. So we got Sandy to lie on the bed. Because what better place yeah. to send her? Yeah, in Thomas's bedroom. Yep. And we said, someone is getting into the bed with you. And it was like somebody suddenly went, what, what? Who? Who? <laughs> and then must have seen Sandy went, nah. <laughs> well, that's not nice, is it? <laughs> Sorry, Sandy, I don't mean it like that. And you know that. <laughs> and, I, and I honestly don't think it was just Sandy that it was going, nah, because... I also explained about the blue things on Sandy's head because obviously back then they probably wouldn't understand what headphones were. And I got rudely interrupted, didn't I? You did. Get out. (laughs) It wasn't, you said it so nicely. It was a lot more. It was. It was a lot sterner. It was, yeah. Yes. I'm just not in a stern mood today. You're not. No. Now, Sandy said she could hear a really deep voice. This is a thing about Sandy, isn't it? Oh, because she'll sit there and she go, Oh, oh, I heard a really deep voice. And we pause, waiting for her to tell us what the deep voice was saying. And she doesn't. She doesn't. And she, then the other one that she does, which I think is hilarious, she'll go, Oh, that was a rude word. <laughs> not say it. Better not say it. Yeah. So we, we were waiting there, waiting to find out what rude word it was. And we don't get to hear until the afterwards, no, do we? She keeps you on a cliffhanger. That's why we <laughs> love her so. And we would like to talk to Thomas. I said, If he is here, we would really like to talk to you. 
And again, that's stern. Yeah. Because Sandy says it as she hears it. She does. And, and it, it was, was a little bit stern, wasn't it? Yeah. What are you doing? Is that better? That sounded like Cockney. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I can't even do Cockney, but no, you did it very well. I did that. Oh, thank yeah. you. I explained, well, we're just trying to communicate with whoever was here, and then I tried to tell them what the weird stuff was. Yeah, almost the same voice was going, well, what's going on? Now, I'm hope we were hoping at this point we've got its curiosity because now the outs and leaves seem to, to stop momentarily. Yeah. And only momentarily. Only, only momentarily, but we'll get back to that soon. And then Sandy said, I'm okay. Which was nice. I thought that's nice to know. Yeah. Now, do they mean I'm okay as in, hey, it's all right where I am and I'm all good now? Or I'm okay with you doing this? Yeah, I probably don't think it was any of them to be truthful. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think they meant by I'm okay? Um, I really don't know. What It just wasn't, I don't think it was anything to do with us. Yeah. Mm, I'm just wondering whether they might be talking to somebody else. Sometimes it does sound like other people are talking about us. Yes. Yeah. Damo jumped in and said, well, are your family here with you tonight? And he started to discuss that and would have been a lot of people living in the house after Thomas, don't forget. So there would have been other deaths and other disease. So Damo was trying to get to the bottom to see if it was somebody after Thomas had passed away. Was it another family? And Sandy immediately came out with get out. Maybe they just didn't want Damo there. Maybe they didn't. Maybe whoever it was wanted just the women. Maybe. So Damo tried again to corroborate that it might have been Elizabeth or Thomas. And he asked, what was the name of your dog? Because Elizabeth had also been accused of poisoning the dog first. And they said that's because she was practicing with the poison. And that's when Sandy did her. <gasps> oh, he said a naughty word. <laughs> and we're like. And we're going, yeah. And the naughty word was. Uh, no, she didn't tell us until afterwards, but we did find out it was the F word. Yes, it was She did the not F want word. to say, but no. it was the F word. And then she came out with, and again. And again, it was the same one, yep. the F word again. Yep. I was like, okay. But not going to tell us the no. time. Of course, then we cracked up, didn't we? Mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's a bit of a strange name. Don't want to call the dog. <laughs> After we asked what the dog was called. Here, F. Here, F. Come here, on. F. <laughs> here, boy. Here, F. <laughs> So I jumped on the, it's getting quite abusive now. And I was like, well, okay, well, who is it that's starting to get? And I was going to say abusive when she totally changed her track. And then we got, hello. Yeah. It was like somebody else had come in completely. It's like, okay, who are we talking to now? And then we got the reply of bless. Yeah, it's your word, isn't it, Kat? Because you keep yeah, you I do use the word say bless. bless. It is a very old a way of, oh, bless. Yeah, but mine's not always in that nice bless sort of way. Mine is very condescending. Mine is a condescending bless. It's usually, a at, bless quite it's usually often. at me as yeah. well, isn't it? When I go, oh bless, and it's Alison, then you oh. realise she's done something really stupid. Stupid, yeah. Oh bless, she fell over the stairs. Bless her, and I do frequently. <laughs> so now it seemed that we were talking to more than one person. 
So it now seemed that we were actually talking to more than one person and it was like one of them wanted to talk to us and one of them wanted us to go. Yes. Who do you listen to at this point, Kag? Because people say to us all the time, well, if it's saying go, get out, leave, why are we not doing what they're asking? My argument would be, well, yeah, one is telling us to get out. But how do we know there's not others there that want to talk? Yeah. The other one's saying hello. Yeah. Bless. So who do we listen to? Who Do we do what the grumpy one wants or do we do what the one that wants to chat to us? So we decided to go with the one that wanted to chat to us. Yeah, plus we're having fun, so it was good. Exactly. It was a good night. So now we had somebody's attention. I was still going down the track. Well, if it's Thomas, I was empathising with him. Like we really don't know. It was harsh conditions. Maybe that's why... He turned to drink, and I would as well, and I understand that. So I was going down that track when we were suddenly interrupted by Sandy, weren't we? Yep. Calling us freaks. Then to get over the anguish, I would probably have drank, drunk, drank. Yeah. To try and get over the trauma of it. Freaks. (laughs) Somebody. Some would call us that. I so guess. probably would. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. No, that's okay. You don't have to keep saying sorry. We've been called worse. <laughs> it's like, but what I was trying to. Poor thing. Oh. I went back. You were accused of being abusive to Elizabeth, but was that due to drink? Now we've got an interesting one. Yeah, because it came out with Yep and then Spirit. Which in those days, that's probably what they would have been mm-hmm. drinking. Now, trying to give Thomas the benefit of the doubt again about his drinking and behaviour, I continued and then he came out with whoever it was. Lights out. So I just asked a lot, is it time for us to go? Is that what you're trying to say to us? Is it time to leave? And Sandy then comes out with, sorry, no. Again. And I'm like. <laughs> it's almost like that second person came in yeah. again. Followed up by another hello. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. do you want us to go? Do you want us to stay? It was quite confusing for yeah. us. And Demo did try and come up with, well, could, it have, could you have meant lights out because you drank too much? And the next one was interesting as well because Sandy came out with helper. And we went, help who, Elizabeth? But we got no reply after that, did we? No. And we started <laughs> and we started to talk amongst ourselves, trying to go through all the different things we just had. And could we do, we sound bored off each other. Yeah, trying to work out the conversation. Yeah. Could we have to make sense of the words that are coming out? And it was almost like whatever it was was fed up of us not listening because Sandy was coming out with stuff yeah which we were not listening to because it seemed to be random we're too busy focusing on what had just been said Mm -hmm. and then Sandy kind of said in this really frustrated way oh never mind yeah (laughs) it's like like, I give up and I'm going and after that we had nothing else no we didn't nothing else like connection was broken Sandy came off now, we went up to the dining area and we changed our track because you came up with an interesting concept that you've been thinking about for a while. Yeah, is that when, whenever we go somewhere, we always focus on the tragedy. Mm. 
Um, so like we went to Villisca, the ex-murderer house, people go there and they always say, oh, what happened? You know, were you injured? Blah, blah, blah. And sometimes is it worth then not focusing on that, but just talking about other things? Yeah. You know, see if you get more response when you don't continually ask about what happened in there. Mm. And we found that with Velisca that we did seem to get more by not focusing on the tragedy. I mean, I wouldn't want to relive my tragedy. No, no, we didn't. It wasn't the happiest to... part of your no. life or death. And, and, and especially, say, like Velisca, when you're talking about so many children. Mm. Um, it's just we had some, uh, so many, like, mumblings in the background mm. of, like, people talking or children talking mm. because we weren't focusing on constantly on what happened no. to them. So I thought it's worth a try here mm. rather than let's change tack, let's not talk about that, let's just have a little bit of fun. Let's completely refocus the investigation. And so we decided to do a card game with a ghost box session. And how do we play that? Well, what we do is we get the ghost box going, we explain that we're going to turn a card over and if possible, if there's anybody there, can you please tell us something about the card? So we may ask of the number the colour or the, the the sweet suit mm. suited is not sweet, isn't sweet? it? Sweet, that's sweet a, is what you have to eat. You have eat or you sit on. Um, <laughs> the suit. So that's what we did. And the first one we did, Damo asked, "Could you tell me the card number?" Now, this has worked really well in some places, mm. and in other places, it's been an absolute failure. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, just before Damo turned his first card over the cat ball once we, we were explaining as well what we were going to do to whoever was there and the cat ball went off yeah it did more than once yeah and we were trying to recreate this by banging the table because i thought well could it be that i put my laptop down or i put this down and i tried to do it again but could not get that ball to do what it did the only time, actually, yeah, you did. The only way you could get the ball to go was actually to literally bang your fist on mm. the table for it to actually light up. Mm. Damo turned the first card over and it it came out correctly, didn't it? Immediately. Eight. Yeah. Okay, what's that card number? Eight. 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 <laughs> it is eight, guys. Yeah. It is. Now, could it be the coincidence? Yes, it could. Could we I have mean, misheard it because we know what the card number is and maybe. we are listening for what we know it is? Interestingly, we did have people listening as well because yes. didn't we go live at we that were point alive, as well? Yeah. We were live again and they came up with the numbers as well. Mm-hmm. So I threw the card back on the table and I was laughing because they had got it correct. And the ball went off again. That card is not heavy. It's a very light flick of a card, and the ball triggered again on that one. So Damo asked, with the success, would you like me to pick another one up? And very clearly we got a, yep. Yep. (laughs) So Damo turned over another card, and it got it correct again. Black and ten. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, to get the color and the number, yeah, it's really cool. It is, but then it was followed by the ball triggering, triggering again. again. <laughs> How cool was that? So, getting away from the tragedy and the crime, whatever it was, seemed to be almost relieved. And now it wasn't telling us to get out. Now it was finding that this was quite fun. 
Damo put out a third card. And what was that card, Keg? It was a king this time. Mm. So it was a bit of a testing one to see whether they knew what the king was. Because I don't know about you, I don't know what what cards were like back in the day. Have they always been the way they are now? Oh, I, would, I think they've always had kings and oh, have queens they? All right, and, okay. you know, royalty. Interestingly, it was what came out because king didn't come out. It came out with the word very clearly, swords. What's, what's that one? It's got a picture on it. And at first we thought, well, that's not correct. No. But then we looked at the card a little bit more closely and what is it that the king holds? It's got two swords. Yeah, because the it has two kings, one upside down to the yeah. other one, doesn't it? And each one is holding a sword. sword. So it wouldn't be sword, it would be swords. One of the best card games I think we've had for a long time. Yeah. We have whiskey right here on the table, as we always have. Not that we drink it. No. Sometimes it's tempting. And I, I kind of said, well, I actually like whiskey. What was your favourite drink? I love this reply. Scotch. I said, well, this would be your favourite then, or one of them. And it came out almost made it with, it is. So I, I talked about my partiality to whiskey keg. I am partial to whiskey. And I came up with the astounding claim that I made. I have stopped drinking it, though. Yes. And bless Sandy. Yeah, she cracked up laughing. I have never heard Sandy crack up laughing so much. It was like she didn't believe me. Mm. So I had to clarify that maybe I was a social drinker still then. (laughs) I think it was probably because we might have been drinking the night before there. Yes, we had a few drinks the night before. Um, yeah, so she may have found this hard to believe. Mm. And again, trying to get to confirm the, that we are actually talking to somebody, you did ask how many? How many people? Yeah, how many people were sat around the mm. table? Now, you heard 26, which, <laughs> which is like, that was a very crowded wow. table. Wow, is there enough room for us? Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, Damo heard three. Yeah, yeah. And we did so, say, well, we can't quite hear you on that. Can you repeat it? And this mm, time we got four, which it probably was, including them. Mm, exactly. Like they forgot to include themselves. Yeah, so is that including you? And it was yes, mm. it was including them. And at the same point, the REM pod started to go off in the middle of the table again. Yeah. And then somebody came through. And we went back to the old track of... Leave. (laughs) (laughs) We were just having fun. And then we thought it was time to leave. So I just said, well, can you say goodbye to us, please? And you thanked them. I thanked them. We were very polite because we didn't want to outstay our welcome. And instead of it saying a really nice goodbye. No, we got leave us. (laughs) So it's like, all right, we're getting it. You've had enough. We've got the hint. We've got the hint. And the REM pod went off again as we wound it up. We thanked them again. Pretty much that was the end of the night. And we thanked Nat, didn't we, while we were live. We were live. Remember, we were live to our Patreons. So the Patreons got the whole investigation. And we were thanking. We see Nat didn't want to join us, but she watched it. um, She was watching it from the other room. Yeah. And all we heard... (laughs) 
I'm going, you know, for the once, I am going to swear. All we heard, in fact, no, let's just play it. Yes. I'm going to play this. Because yeah. it is a very special mm-hmm. opportunity that we've been given. So I do want to say publicly on here, thank you, Nat. Yeah. So appreciate it. There's lots of people so saying thank you, thank you, Nat, on here yeah. as well. It's very pleasant stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes, you she was. Were. She you... was absolutely yep. effing awesome. She was. Thank you so much, Nat, for allowing us into your home. It was a shining beacon for me. I've not only always wanted to see this house and stand in the very walls. If this was Elizabeth Walcock's house or Thomas, to be able to stand in the place where this person was was a massive honour. And thank you, Sandy. Thank you, yes. Sandy, for arranging this for us because without you, we wouldn't be able to do it either. Mm-hmm. So, guys, thank you so much. And we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We will put a link up to the video. Unfortunately, you can't watch the lives. They're still up on our Patreon page. Yes, on my Patreon page. So definitely, definitely help us, guys. It does support creators by doing that and as i said you get so much more we're heading to america soon just to push the patreon side again we are heading to america in a few weeks and we will be doing live streams especially for our patreons so definitely definitely have a look at that but if you don't want to be patreon that is fine we still have our haunted horizons facebook page where we do do the odd live stream there for free that is adelaide haunted horizons We do have our YouTube channel, again, Adelaide Haunted Horizons, where we'll put some of the highlights up in videos. And what else do we have, Keg? I'm sure we have something else. Our website. Yeah. Adelaide Haunted Horizons and this podcast, which you're listening to so we don't have to give a link to. But thank you so much, guys, for listening. Please, please follow us, subscribe to us, hit the five-star rating even if you don't want to support us by subscribing you do support us a lot by hitting the review button and the five-star review yeah exactly thanks guys for listening to us rambling on again for another podcast and we will be back hopefully next week with another episode yeah enjoy the rest of your week guys thank you for listening bye bye Please remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. The extended video version of these episodes are available for members of Spotify and Patreon. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and see the full investigation from these episodes on our YouTube channel. Details are in the About section of this podcast. Thank you from Cag and Ali for listening.